4: Good evening, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and welcome to this very, very special show, Honoring a Diva, celebrating the artistry of none other than soprano Kathleen Battle. Can you all tell I'm so excited about this show, this is a show that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and now that day has come to execute a dream that I've, I've just had about this this very day. Kathleen Battle is no secret to anybody who knows me or any of my other friends and, and, and colleagues know that I am a friend and not just a friend of her music, but I am just a fan of her music. What I wanted to say, oh my God, I'm I'm just getting goosebumps talking about this. Kathleen Battle's voice is angelic and pure and seraphic and all those things. And I just want to share a little bit about her for those who may not be familiar uh, with her, or even classical music, uh, for that matter. This is what this show is about. Kathleen Ballow was born August 13, 1948, and she was the youngest of seven children. She was born in a a small town of Portsmouth, Ohio, and she originally um, was going to pursue a career as a teacher, um, but... She was influenced otherwise by her Portsmouth High School teacher, Charles Varney. He once told her that God blessed her and she must always sing. And then, ironically, she ended up, uh, even though she had a degree in uh, music education, a Bachelor of Arts and an MA um, in in music education, um, she did end up performing and became and is one of the most acclaimed sopranos singing today. And how thankful! We are for that, I'm going to take a moment now to play music for a while by Henry Purcell, sung by none other than Kathleen Battle, our honoree for this evening. <laughs> How exquisite, the exquisite voice of soprano Kathleen Battle singing music for a while by Henry Purcell. Now I want to share with you all how I was introduced to Kathleen Battle's voice. I always heard the name Kathleen Battle, Kathleen Battle, Kathleen Battle, but I never knew who she was, what she looked like, until one day I went to this record store. We used to have a record store called. Peaches. you Any of you all remember Peaches? We had this record store called Peaches, and I was walking down the aisle in the store, and I saw this album of this beautiful African-American woman sitting on a chaise lounge with this long wine-colored gown, velvet gown, and this uh, gentleman standing beside her with a shining trumpet. Of course, we know that gentleman is none other than Winton Marcellus, and the album that I speak of is Baroque Duet. And when I got that album and picked it up and looked at it, it was just something about these two striking people and especially Miss Battle. And so I took that recording home and I listened to it, and it remains to be one of my favorite recordings. Now, today I have two special guests with me, and the first guest that I have is a dear friend of mine and a diehard Kathleen Battle fan, Monica Verdue. Monica hails from Chicago. She's a soprano, a writer, and she recently made her New York concert debut uh, alongside uh, legendary soprano Leona Mitchell. So welcome, Monica.
5: Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. What an honor it is to be on the air with you to celebrate what I think is just from what we both think. This is just one of the most amazing artists that we have been blessed in this century and last century.
4: Thank you so much. Now, tell me, Monica, how were you introduced to Miss Babbel's voice?
5: So when looking at that question and how I was introduced to Kathleen's voice, I have to say through the television initially, being a child of the late 70s and growing up in the 80s, Kathleen was everywhere. But I didn't know directly who she was. I was like, who is this? absolutely beautiful woman in these beautiful dresses with this beautiful voice. And as a child, I remember being drawn into that clear up until 92. I remember vividly the re-airing of the Baroque Duet documentaries. I was blessed to have teachers who showed Tulsa documentaries and that Carnegie Hall Christmas concert religiously. And so, it was then that the name I really began to know the voice and the name and put the two together, and just how, just just the impact that that voice has made on me. And when I tell you that that is my vocal shiro and the things that I have learned just from listening, again, it's just an absolute honor
2: to be here with you to share that.
4: Thank you so much. So what would you say was probably the first album of hers or first recording that really
2: sparked your interest?
5: Now, this is an interesting story. The first album that of hers that I was actually owned was a gift to me from one of my best friends. It was actually the Red Mozart album, and I played it and fell in love with it. And immediately following that, My sister realized how I was in love with that, and the next two albums that she would have bought me would have been um, so many songs. And Mm. I I tell you, that was love at first listen. And then also the French Arians album, also love at first listen. And from there, I had to have everything, and the collection has grown and grown Mm. and grown. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> you know, her versatility is a thing that really sticks out to me because it's so funny that you mentioned so many stars. I recall uh, back in 2004, I was in graduate school at Shenandoah Conservatory, and I was in class. But I heard that Kathleen Battle was going to be at the Kennedy Center, and I had class at night. And I was vacillating and plotting, how can I get out of this class? How can I get out of this class? I must get to the Kennedy Center And God would have it That that class was canceled And I was able to make it to the Kennedy Center And she in fact did the whole So Many Stars program And uh, she was there with um, um, Ciro Batista And um Kirk Whalen the whole the whole King of Losiris chestnut as she performed that album. And I was just amazed. And, you know, the people just ate it up. But it wasn't like a classical person trying to sing jazz or a jazz person trying to sing classical. It was just, it just was. It was just I'm just so glad that you you brought that up. Now, there's another special young lady on the phone, Anita Johnson, who is a soprano who has sung at several major opera houses, including the Metropolitan Opera, and she's based in New York. Just finished a recording and subsequent broadcast of Scott Joplin's Tremoniscia, and I just want to welcome her on the broadcast as well. Hi, Anita. Hi, Patrick.
6: Hi, Ms. Monica. <laughs>
4: I'm so glad I'm so glad that you are here and Monica's on the line with us and now you're here. So tell me, Anita, you have an interesting story. Tell me how um Kathleen was helpful to you on your plight as an opera singer.
6: Well I have to say, um, the reason I became an opera singer at all is because of Kathleen Battles. So I guess this is all her fault. <laughs> when I when I was at school um, in undergrad. I went to USC in California, and I knew I wanted to study music, but I hadn't really decided what kind of music I wanted to sing. I had to train classically, uh, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do opera. I didn't really know much about it. And my voice teacher at the time, Charles Rowe, wanted me to sing opera. And I informed him that I was never going to be an opera singer because I didn't want to look like those women that he had on the on the wall. And on the wall, he had pictures of all these Wagnerian sopranos, the horns on their heads and the breastplates. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And he started laughing at me. And he said, apparently, you don't understand what opera is. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he said, I want you to go hear a friend of mine sing. She's um, doing a recital at um, Ambassador Hall. So I went down there with my father, and it was a a required um, recital for me. He was adamant that I had to go, and I had to bring him back the program. And um, I didn't want to go, my dad didn't want to go, and we basically went with an attitude. Mm. We got in, and we were just, don't want to be here. So we were sitting in the auditorium waiting for the concert to start, basically, talking about what we were going to have for dinner when it was over. And the lights went down, and Kathleen Battle walked out on stage. And when she walked out, I stopped
1: breathing. (laughs) She was,
6: he hadn't told me anything other than the name Kathleen Battle, and I hadn't heard
1: of her before.
6: I'd never heard of her before. And she, I didn't know that she was black. I didn't know that she was gorgeous. I didn't know that she... I just knew she was a sprint. That's all I knew. She walked out in this gorgeous black gown that was just to die for. And she swept across the stage, and I sat up in my seat. And literally, like I said, I stopped breathing. And mm. she sang the entire first half of her recital. I breathed every breath that she took, I took. Uh, every every language she was singing, I, I made a mental note to say I gotta learn that. Because <laughs> I was a pop, I was a freshman at the time, and when she finished that intermission, I needed intermission because I needed to sit because I couldn't. Finish. And I looked over at my father, and it turned out that he had done the same thing. The two of us fell back in
1: our seats. What what just happened?
6: And then we didn't want to leave to go out in intermission for fear that we wouldn't get back in our seats in time for the second half. So we just mm-hmm. stayed there. Then the second half started, and it was even better than the first. I think she did, like, seven encores. It was just the most amazing recital. And then afterwards, I went backstage because, you know, my teacher told me we had to go backstage and we had to have proof that I had been there. And I remember meeting her backstage, and she was just... So gracious and so wonderful and I was just the stupidest child because <laughs> I walked up to her and I said, I want your dress. <laughs> she looked at me, excuse me? <laughs> My voice teacher said that I needed to come see you because he said if I saw you I would know what opera really was and it wasn't these people in horns and breastplates and that wasn't just it, it was people like you and I want that dress, and, and I realized I was just babbling, and she was like, okay, nice to meet you. Give my love to Charlie. Thank you. Okay, goodbye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
6: and then I left, and I went back to school the next day. I took my program, and I put it down on the piano when I went into my voice teacher's studio, and I said, I want to learn this. And he said, okay, what's wrong? And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. This. I want to learn the whole whole thing. I want to learn every single song that she just did. And he said, okay, well, we got our work cut out for us. So that was my freshman year. My junior year, I did the first half of her recital. (laughs) (laughs) And my my senior year, I did the second half. (laughs) Because I said I have to do everything that she does. And the next time um, she came into town, my junior year, uh, no, but then my senior year in college, she came into town to do a concert with a Los Angeles Philharmonic. And
7: it was
6: a concert in conjunction with the um, the album that she had just released um, with Andre Previn, the passing battle sings Mozart, the one that has that beautiful black dress, and she's turning to the side with this look on her face like, yes, I'm going to sing Mozart the way it's supposed to be done. I know you know what that was about. <laughs> and... <laughs> he, uh, we went early to the pre-talk where they tell you about the pieces you're going to hear. And they talked about uh, the Voltaire Contradaria, Voltaire Schiazzi. And they talked about how difficult it was and what special things to listen for. And I, we went into the theater and I didn't know that my father had got me a separate from where he and my stepmother were sitting, I thought we were all three were sitting together. And he said, "No, no, no, I got you a different seat." He got me a seat in the first row.
1: <laughs> so, mm. so I was in the
6: first row, looking up at Miss Battle, singing "Gorillas Be Gone Be," and I basically had a voice lesson. She gave me my own personal voice and Is what I felt. And um, and then I learned that song and I did it when I was in graduate school. <laughs> so, mm. But after after that concert, after she sang, I was just overwhelmed and I said that was just so wonderful. And you know I thought we were leaving to go home. And my dad started to go backstage. and I said, Dad, we can't go backstage. This is the L.A. and You know, you you know. My dad said, Well, I'm Art Johnson. I can go wherever I want. And I was just, I can't believe we're going to go through this. Turns out, unbeknownst to me, my father had found out that Kathleen Battle was coming and had started calling her agent the month before, every mm-hmm. single day, so that he he kept saying over and over again, I've got to get through, she's got to meet my daughter, she's got to talk to her again, she talked to her once a few years ago, but this is big, she really has to talk to her, um, she's hanging off her because of her,
1: You know, we we'll
6: want her to meet Happening battle. So finally we got through and the agent said, okay, we'll put you on the list (laughs) if anything, just to keep you from calling someone. And we got to the stage door. My dad's name was on the the list. We got backstage and we were there to talk to Miss Battle along with, I think, maybe 2,000 other people. There were so many people crowded around her. And each time I tried to step forward just to shake her hand, I got pushed back by the crowd. And mm. she saw this happening, and about the fifth time when I got pushed back and I was going to give up, I tried one more time, and she reached over people and grabbed my hand and pulled mm. me towards her, which made people just part like the Red Sea. Of course, I was a couldn't even speak I a, i a, <laughs> couldn't believe it. And she took me by the hand and said go wait in my dressing room. And pushed me towards the dressing room and the and the security guard opened the door for me. And, and my dad walked the and we went and sat in the room and she finished with the people. And I just was in shock. I said, how does she know me? She can't remember me from being that stupid freshman girl. But I didn't know that my dad had gone through all this to say that we needed to meet. And
1: she came
6: back after meeting with all these people and talk to me, I would say, it's, I think we were there at least 30, 40 minutes. And, you know, as performers, you know after you've done a concert and after you've had to meet and greet a lot of people, the last thing you want to do is sit and talk one-on-one with somebody. If you're that, you're tired. You want to go home. You want to rest. But She didn't show any sign of wanting to stop talking to me. She gave me advice about Graduate school. She asked me where I'd applied. She told me which one she would go to. She talked about her school. And she talked about um. She got talked about the reality of after you get out of school. She told me you're probably going to have to get a temp job. And she told me what kinds of temp jobs to get. That would mess up my voice. I mean and. and
0: he, um, you know,
6: she signed the program, she signed the album for me, she talked about the songs in the album, learn this one first, then do this one. And when you do this, don't forget to do this. And this. I, I just was overwhelmed with all the advice she gave me. It was just a gift. It was a gift from God. It was just a gift from God. How oh, wonderful. So, I mean, I know I could go on and on, but that, <laughs> so,
4: and it is, show it. All that's... It is, that's... Yeah, so that is what exactly. this show is all about. Just for a second, I need to try to bring our other guest, Monica, back on because it looks like that we dropped her. So, listeners, if you would just bear with me one second, I want to see if I can bring uh, Monica Perdue back on because I definitely want to continue talking with her as well. Okay. Hello, Monica. Yeah, I got dropped. <laughs> hey, well, you're back on the <laughs> air, so no worries. So, listen, you know, I, I was just telling, uh, talking to Anita. Anita was sharing how how nurturing Miss Ballow um, has been to her, and um, could you maybe speak to? I know that you study a lot of similar repertoire. In fact, you've sung Honey and Rue. Is that right?
5: I have sang Honey and Rue, and. Mm what a, first of all, just to speak on singing the piece and just to give Kathleen Battle the credit she is due for anyone who has even just looked at that score, the range and scope that you have to have of voice, of interpretation, of tone color, of breath control because my goodness I like to think that I did a halfway decent job but what she does is just complete magic and it's like <laughs> oh my goodness so to be able to expose and share all those colors that she does and to go the places that she does in that music to go so far into that text is just wow so needless to say when I fell in love with well, my first live Uh, experience of the piece was hearing her do it live and I fell in love with it I already had the CD I said I got to have this score she would have done it it was actually a Grant Park music festival I want to say it was in 2000 I "I got to have the score and I went out and I bought the score and she would have come again to Wheaton College and I want to say that was 2001 it was October and I said, okay, there's going to be an autograph signing. I'm coming with both my pieces together. I'm going to have the one-two set. I'm going to be coordinated mushroom tie, mushroom belt. I'm going to have not only the Honey and roots score, I'm going to have the CD as well. And what a lesson it was to watch her live do that twice. And my goodness, just to be able to experience that and how blessed I was to be able to have that for actually autographed for me. It was a priceless moment. But again, just what she does with tone color, what she does with the phrasing, what she does with that breath control, what she does with connecting the line just mm. really speaks mm-hmm. to what she is as a musician and to be able to experience that And to try and put your mark on a piece that has (laughs) been, I mean, it was written and crafted for her, so to try and put your mark on that is just something of a task to undertake. But how grateful am I to have done that and to have been able to experience her doing that so many times, uh, to have
4: that master class voice lesson right there in front of me, priceless, Wow. You know, it's nothing like hearing Kathleen Battle live. Nothing in the world. The very first time I had uh, accumulated a few recordings, Baroque duet, um, a few of the uh, recordings on Deutsch Grammophon, including the Carnegie Hall recital and so forth and so on, but it's nothing like hearing her live. The very first time I heard Miss Battle live was around 2001. I wanted to say 2001, at the Brevard Music Festival. She did two concerts there. I went to the very first one, me and a good friend of mine. And on that program, she sang the Mozart Exsultate Jubilate. It was the most uh, ethereal thing to hear her sing that sacred work of Mozart with all the facility and the agility and the, the purity of tone in the Mozart. It just flowed. And then on that program, she also sang... Arrangements of Spirituals with the Orchestra um, by Hale Smith. And it was just incredible. But I want to go back um, to when I mentioned the Baroque duet, because this would not be a recording without me playing one of the pieces that I feel is one of her signature pieces. That would be Left the Bright Seraphim from Handel's Samson. <laughs>
6: Gorgeous, just gorgeous,
4: absolutely. Oh, my. Now I would to ask both of y'all this question. I know my man, but I would be remiss if I did not talk about Miss Battle's couture. Because when I, like you, like Anita had mentioned when she saw her in her gown at the recital that she went to when she was in college, I mean that was the first thing that I said when I saw uh, the video of her at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in that huge red gown, just so beautiful. Have either one of you ever uh, attempted to kind of replicate that elegance of, or of glamour that Captain Ballack exudes in her dress as far as your own recitals? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, laughing, I'm
6: laughing because cause I'm just trying to picture us ever being as, gorgeous kind of as for she is. <laughs> I just kinda of I, mean, I give it my best shot. <laughs> my best I can tell you that I every time and I every single time I try on a gown without fail, I put on a gown, turn around all the different sides and if I think it's the gown I'm gonna get, I go to the opposite end of the dressing room. And then I walk across the dress room like I'm walking from the stage door towards the piano. And I do what I call the Kathleen Battle kick. She has this gorgeous <laughs> kick that she does. She has this thing that she does with her dresses that I that I have copied to perfection. I can do that like her, But she does it. What she does is she walks across the stage and when she gets just before the piano, there's this slight arc that she does with her foot, and you can you can barely see it. It's almost imperceptible. And what it does is it causes the dress to ripple and flow so that when she comes to a stop, she's standing in front of the piano, and the dress is perfectly cascading around her.
1: <laughs> mm, <I heard laughs> and when
6: I get that. down, I try to make it cascade around me <laughs> like she does. But, but one thing I wish I could learn is how she handles a shawl. Molly yeah. can you do that? Can you do the shawl like she
5: does it? Now I have to say I I, I don't have the kick. But we have the shawl and we learn from the best. You know, we can work a shawl. We do the shawl. We do the shawls with we do the shawls with every dress. We do the shawls at recitals.
6: We do the show,
5: go on the work. You know, we just need to be a little glamorous. We put that shawl on and we make it work. And I have learned from the best. I have said it before. I need Kathleen Battle to teach a class called Showlery 101, <laughs> The Art of shawlery. Because she, baby, when I tell you that she makes it work, she figures out she has that from every angle. Now, I don't have it from every angle. But I figured out how to make it all around the shoulders nicely. We can work it on the side. We can, you know, we can do that.
6: <laughs> but well, my, you that. and I have to
5: get together. I'll show you the
6: kick. You can show me the celery. <laughs>
5: Between the perfect two perfect of us, we water. might get it. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But, but
4: Patrick, you see it takes two of us to try to do what that one diva can do. And do it naturally. And do it naturally. (laughs) See, y'all cutting up. But listen, speaking of the Shaw, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you've ever seen it, I'm sure others who have seen Kathleen Battle sing the spiritual Were You There. She works my nerves. I mean, I am (laughs) always almost in tears when she sings Were You There. She turns her back to the audience and has that huge shawl draped across her. It's almost like it's the cross at Passion Tide.
1: And yes.
4: Yes. Yes.
8: <laughs> and she sings, were you there, baby?
4: I am done. Oh, my God. And it's just the most spectacular. And I remember in an interview she did, a couple of years ago, our other good friend David Williams, who's a devout Catholic ballet, I can say he almost goes. He probably goes to every uh, concert that she does. But I remember that he showed us an interview where she was talking about. She would say how when you sing that spiritual, when well, when she sings that spiritual, where you there, that she has to be in a certain spiritual place before she sings it. She pictures herself being Mary at the foot of the cross, or the people in the crowd, or after Jesus. But I mean, she really puts a lot of thought into those, to those spirits, particularly at that one. So when you said that shawl, I mean, she works that shawl to all
2: dimensions. Let me tell yes,
6: you. Yes,
1: she does. It <laughs> is oh, a proper
2: extraordinaire. <laughs> Listen,
6: you, oh, it's just, it's it's so just beautiful. She had this one dress that she had that the shawl was, I, I think it was 20 feet long. <laughs> it was just so long. And, but it was just so, it never seemed too long. It was just so
4: perfect, so perfect. Listen you all, there's a call on the phone from California and I'm gonna go ahead and and, and take a leap on this show because California I'm I'm just hoping maybe it's Jacqueline Harrison or somebody that we know. But let me just see really quickly who is on the air. Okay. Honoring okay. Kathleen Ballow, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in class music. Who's speaking?
3: Uh is this this is Jackie Harrison. Oh, no! oh, oh,
1: no!
8: <laughs> <Our> daughter- <laughs> We are joined by Jacqueline Harrison. I am so glad you. I said,
4: let me take a risk and see. This is my friend Jackie Harrison. Thank you so much for calling. Could you please share with the audience your experiences with Miss Battle?
3: Well, now before you go further, see, it's it's very. I think it might even be prophetic. It, can you hear me? Yes. It might be prophetic that you mentioned the word "you there" because that's my arrangement yes mm. oh. And yes. at each time i have heard it a cappella i thought oh my goodness you know am i listening to an angel in heaven here you know rather than uh, uh <laughs> exaggerate the point not only have i been thrilled with all of my arrangements that she's done of mine i think i think i wrote an article one time saying that she is the one A consummate artist who has actually championed my spirituals all over the world. And can you imagine what thrill that gives me (laughs) as an arranger? But the other thing I was going to say is not only is she consummate in her uh, approach to the spiritual, her interpretations of the spiritual. But what she does with them, and if I can go back, I don't know how much time I have. I'll speak as quickly Oh, we have a lot of
4: time. You don't have to rush. <laughs> we have plenty of time. Go right ahead. Let the spirit but,
3: but It's 19 now. We're going back as far as 1993, at least for me, going back 1993, when she premiered two of my spirituals at Carnegie Hall uh, around the Glory Manger, and wasn't that a mighty day? And, of course, for me, that was a mighty day. And then in 1996 was when she asked me to do arrangements with another uh, composer friend of hers, Patrick Russ, who's in Southern California, to do spirituals for her Angels' Glory uh, album c- CD, Sony uh, release at that time. And it tickled me because at the time she called, uh, she mentioned you know she had this project coming up for uh, a Christmas release, and she asked me would I you know be willing to do some arrangements. So I said, let me get my pencil and pad, thinking that she would name two. Guess how many she named? Eight.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow.
3: And one of them was done, of course, in conjunction with Patrick Russ. And I want you to know she has made me a friend of Patrick Russ from this point on. Ever since 1996, he and I have still been in touch he 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 he. What you would call critiques all of my orchestrations and things I've done, of some of the spirituals that even Kathleen has sung, and then of course I was at. Um, before I meant to mention Carnegie, I was at uh, UCLA in January, the last part of January, when she performed. Uh, I guess you might say it was a familiarity with what she had done in Baltimore, the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And she did several spirituals once again, of which I can certainly take the credit for having been the arranger. So it's that I just got a chance to be thrilled all over again. And I would say with with the increasing years that I've heard her, she, you know, if there's such a thing as getting better and better, that's what I would say about her. Not only the interpretive skills, but the voice is in exquisite shape. And I don't hear no age on that voice, you know. It's like a young voice all over again, just thrilling and with the serenity and the tranquility that comes over audiences when she sings with the spirit of passion that she actually does is just absolutely incredible. And then last month, I had the pleasure, and Monica was in the audience, Yes.
1: <laughs> I, had, <laughs>
3: I had the pleasure of having her not only come to the concert, but she, now talk about a supreme honor she came to a couple of my rehearsals and did almost like a mini-master uh, interpretation approach to two specific spirituals that she had already done with my solo artist for that. I tell you, I, if I could have paid her a million dollars, if I'd had it, I would have paid her <laughs> because of what she did with those things. And they still are talking about how they can still improve the quality of it just on the basis of the few little technical things she threw out to them. So I just am in awe of her, not only because of her superb musicianship, but just with utmost gratitude. That's all I can say. Monica, you hear me? <laughs> yes, one hundred
5: percent, one hundred
4: percent. Oh well, we were—I mean, you know—we were just. Well, I was babbling on, but I had to because that were you there? They were to give. They were talking about. But we were all talking about the fact how how Miss Ballard really works the shawl. And we were just and we were just saying how she works into all dimensions. But when she takes that wrap and uses it almost as a drape, as a crucifix, and stretches both of her hands out and sings your arrangement of "Were You There," that is a piece so powerful it always brings down the house. I remember at Strathmore when she did that there when they did the um, Underground Railroad program with the Morgan Choir. It was just a euphoric response it's just so powerful we just thank you you again I I was honored that you came on the show before we interviewed you and how did Carnegie Hall go by the way your concert
3: oh my goodness I see that's another conversation
5: (laughs) (laughs) fantastic don't let us fool you fantastic I was there I was
6: I was there too it was fabulous
3: it was fabulous absolutely fabulous Let's oh see, hear Monica yes. say that because he could say it from the audience point of view. I
5: said uh, absolutely fantastic. I will say it again. <laughs> and if you were not there, you missed something.
3: <laughs> yes. 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 Thank you a lot, Monica. Thank you a lot. But it was wonderful. Ms.
4: another what would be another experience? Now, I know that you've composed and arranged, and I know you play. Have you ever played for this battle, or would you consider being in some kind of – that That would be a neat uh, collaboration.
3: Now, now, wouldn't it, though? Now, guess what? As long as she wouldn't try to compare me with Cy- uh, Cypress Chestnut.
1: <laughs> I mean,
3: Cyrus. Cyrus Chestnut. That yeah. guy, as I told her, is the orchestrator at the piano. Yeah. No oh, cares. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if she wanted something really sweet and soft and serene and passionate, oh, I could certainly do that. Could throw <laughs> a few little tricks here and there. But I think maybe just to be... In her presence, with the way she makes music,
1: mm. it
3: it it just it it just almost takes you to another place. You know, I I kind of go into another zone when I hear her because of what she can do with the tone, and it, it's it's very obvious. That's why you know when young singers get a chance to hear her, hear this, Monica and Anita's on the line.
6: Yes, I'm here.
3: <laughs> and you get a chance to hear a voice like this. Not only can you continually learn from her, of someone yes. such as as Kathleen Battle, you know it it gives you perhaps even more more motivation to continually work your art to the highest and the finest order, because it's evident that she's done her homework, and it's evident that she's still doing her homework. That's why yes. the book is in such exquisite shape. So I hope the two of you are really learning to not only capture. The essence of everything you could possibly learn from her, but in your own way, take yourself to the highest level you possibly can, being the very best soprano that you possibly could be at this point in your life, at this point in time. Do you hear me? I learned. I learned yeah. how to. I learned how to float my high notes from Kathleen Battle. Exactly.
6: Singing, along, singing along with Kathleen Battle in the car, singing along with Kathleen Battle in the <laughs> tower, singing along with Kathleen Battle anywhere I possibly can. When I was at USC, putting it, putting it on my headphones and riding my bike to class, just sitting at the top of my lungs, trying to do the floats like she was doing. Yeah, yeah There was constant voice acting. It's, it's, it's a and super gift.
5: And also learn... In addition, that, too, is why I owe the float to her. I really do. But also Mm -hmm. learning versatility because Mm. what she does is just sensational. You really learn versatility through watching her. You learn that approach and what it takes in order to be successful in it, and you learn how. To just be you and let you invoke in that medium. It's not reinventing the wheel, and I cannot thank her enough for continuing to grow and continuing to show us that. And for all of the young singers, old singers, singers, period. Just the lesson that she gives us on oh musicality. Just oh my goodness, just oh flowing.
6: I remember I remember when I was in the, in the Met Young Artist program, I had a coaching with Nico Pascal, and we were working on some Portuguese songs. And of course, you know, I picked all the Portuguese songs off of every Captain Battle album I had, right? <laughs> so, and he was telling me, oh, you got this because of Captain Battle. She and I worked on these together. And then he stopped and he said, I wish you luck. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I have never in all of my years of working with singers, I have never met a more gifted linguist than Kathleen Battle. He said, I can speak all these different languages, and I think I'm good. She's better than I am. (laughs) And it was just impressive, you know, trying my best to try to get, uh, learning all my hours in the right place like she did and get the right pronunciation. And it's just, she's a gift. She's definitely a gift.
7: My
4: goodness.
6: I want to just share uh, one of the
4: most special concerts, I think, that I I, I ever attended of Kathleen Bowden, when she did her triumphal return to Carnegie Hall back in 2008. Oh. That was the most spectacular. Oh, my goodness. I had never been to Carnegie Hall, suffice to say, and that was my first major, I would say, musical event there. And it was such an experience. I mean, the audience was just, Uh, on on pins and needles as far as their excitement. It was a packed place. And I remember it was a very diverse program, as you said, because I remember the first half she did – numbers, my personal music for a while, and a couple other things, mm-hmm. and she sang those with the theorbo, which you all know is a Baroque instrument, is very uh, long, it looks like a loop with a real long handle, and I remember that Daniel Swinberg was this uh, the artist who played for her, but I remember he was sitting on the stage playing, but when she walked out, I mean the whole burst out in applause before she even sang a note, I mean she was just in stride on the stage, and I know that we just, we just in the hall they clapped and screamed it was just such a magnificent um occasion because i forgot the, the time span that she had not sung a recital in carnegie but it was a it was a significant number i want to say it was uh, well, i won't quote it but i know it was a good number and it was a big deal and she had this recital but it was so spectacular to be there in new york i remember david and another some other people martha did you make that particular recital
5: I didn't make it to that one, but i you best believe I was
4: there the next one and
1: have been at every, <laughs> every a, subsequent was,
5: New
4: York <laughs> performance since. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a spectacular program. And I remember when I was actually there with, um, uh, with some other friends, another one of Miss um, Battle's friends, Wayne Saunders, because well, I went to New York and uh, we had went there. Uh, well, actually, that was another case. That was the next one, but I think it was another recital. Uh, the subsequent one as you mentioned that happened but at any rate the one in 2008 that was sort of a triumph return was just so spectacular I mean she did so many encores and then of course I went to the next one and then I went to the one that she did with um, the Russian pianist and I'm on yes. a blank right now I'm just so excited Olga Kern <laughs> Olga Kern mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to talk about it but the one concert that I wish I could have made was that one that she did on uh, it was Palm Sunday it was Spirits of Joseph Joubert oh, my goodness.
1: that
6: one Yes. Oh,
3: yeah. Yes. yes. Well, Patrick, oh, you, I sound like you, so so any, you sound like you haven't missed any hardly, you sound like you you missed hardly any.
4: <laughs> oh my goodness! But I was just, I was just so excited about that. But I do want to take a moment now, since you all were talking about talking about Miss Bowles' versatility. I want to take a uh, versatility rather. I want to take a moment and play her singing one of uh, my favorites. Her singing Gershwin Summertime. From Porgy and Bess. So I'm going to play that in a second, but while we prepare for that, Miss um, Anthony, you still have time to hang out with us? Because you know you're welcome to stay on with us. Or
3: I, I'm going to hang get... out as long as I can. <laughs> well,
4: all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I love you a I love it. Thank really. you so much. I'm just so glad. I'm really just honored that you all are on here. You know, I just said, you know, this show is so. Overdue. I I was sitting here at home. I said, "Well, you know, I want to do this show on Captain Battle, and I see that people are really, really calling." Uh, But I'm going to play Summertime for a second. Then maybe after we play that, um, I'll screen a call and see who's on the line. But Summertime from Gershwin's Poor Game Bass. Excellent. Uh,
8: Yes.
4: Wonderful! How well, that's wonderful!
1: Not oh, my. Well, not <laughs> listen awful. to her.
4: Basically, wish it was summertime right now. Say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Oh, my exist,
1: really.
4: Every time I listen to that particular disc from the Carnegie Hall recital, every time I listen to that, I just want to go in a time machine and be right there in the hall. And I wonder. I, I, I hope one day maybe I get the chance to ask about, I mean, to know uh, what it felt like Marion Anderson being right there mm-hmm. in the very voice of December sang about like my mouth songs and which is delicate. her. So, I mean, this, this, this is wonderful. So, Anita, are you getting tired yet?
6: Oh, no, you, you're you talking about
4: my girl. So <laughs> <laughs> I can
6: stay here all day. Stay here all day. <laughs> I'm definitely <I'm still> here. <laughs> Well, I'm going to I'm gonna venture out.
4: I, I think I see a call. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and venture out and take a call right here in Maryland and see who the caller is calling from 301. This is Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice and classical music. You are on the air caller from Area Code 301. How are you?
9: Good afternoon. How are you?
4: Good afternoon.
9: Who am I speaking to? My name is Omar Sankofa. I'm a big fan. Hello, Madeline. Omar. Omar. Welcome, <laughs> um, Omar. How are you guys doing? i Patrick. I know you. Monica. I've talked to you. And I, I actually forgot that the yeah. show was on today. So I was out and about today, and it wasn't until I got home I realized, oh, my God, it's 7 o'clock. i got to call on to the show. <laughs> I, so glad to know, have you. <laughs> I am glad to be here. And you know, I was actually a fan of Ms. Bata before I knew anything about opera. I can't remember what she was performing on. I wanna say it was, I don't know, the Image Awards or the Grammys or something back in the nineties. And she sang uh she sang, she sang a spiritual and I was like, Oh my god, not only is this lady gorgeous, but the beauty of the voice speaks for itself. And what she is able to do. I mean the beauty of the voice goes without saying.
1: Mm -hmm. And I was listening to her
9: Belcanto album. I was listening to her Belcanto album the other day. And what she is able to do, more than any other singer with a quote-unquote pretty voice, is how she is able to connect with the text.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so
9: true. That's so true. The emotional depth, even with this child joy-like voice quality to her instrument, the way that she is able to reach into the depth and the sadness of the Negro spiritual, or the joy of anything else. And I was listening to her album, Semile, the other day, and I was thinking, you know what, every time she sings Handel, she should have a tip jar on stage, because she is really giving people a singing lesson. That's had
3: you said. <laughs> Oh, That's very true. Yeah, that is a, a tip good. jar. That's so perfect. She should yeah, walk she, out, I, and the piano should put a tip jar has, out. I think
9: <laughs> and sure. other singers, and other singers, and Liana should have to tip her, because she is really giving them a singing lesson.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, Omar, and, thank you so much for being on. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
9: And I do want to say one thing. I had the pleasure of not only seeing her at the Strathmore uh, last year. Uh, she was performing with the Morgan State University Choir and a program of Negro Spirits, But I got to meet her afterwards, and mm. she was so wonderful, so nice. I don't know if I showed you but she was just a joy. And I can't wait to see her and to meet her again.
4: Yeah. Well, I hope I hope that she's in the Washington D C area, so um, you know, of course, if if I find out, I'm gonna let you know, Omar. And I want to speak more. Please, yeah. Omar is right here, and I always run to Omar out of the concerts. And he's a talented guy, and and I'm just glad that we always converse on Facebook. But thank you so much for calling, in. I really appreciate that. And you thank just you. mentioned the Bel Canto album, and I'm about to play O Luce Queste Anima. So thank you so much for bringing that right up to the fore. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We have another caller on the area calling from area code 90, I'm sorry, 915. Let's see what this call is. Thank you for calling honoring Kathleen Battle, area code 915. Hi. You're on the air. Hi,
8: Patrick. This is Erin Alarcon from Dallas.
1: Hey, Erin. This is
8: another great friend of us from the Kathleen Battle group on Yahoo. I, <laughs> say, I know you have a
4: lot to say, Erin. Go right ahead.
8: <laughs> well, you know, first of all, thank you uh, thank you Patrick for create for um having the the brilliant idea of having this uh, this show. I think all of our coupling battle fans are very grateful that you're doing this. It it was long overdue like you said. And uh you know uh, I just want to share that um you know we all know about how amazing she is and, you know, her her amazing voice. But she's got this um, quality that goes beyond language, goes beyond knowledge of music, goes beyond age. The first time I heard Kathleen Battle, Patrick, I was probably like eight or nine years old. Mm. I remember that I was going to the channels. Um, going to the channels, it was late at night. And all of a sudden you know i I mean I had no idea about opera i mean I, I was a kid I was going to show and all of a sudden you know i i I go through this channel and I see this gorgeous looking slim looking african american woman in this very uh forfeiting blue dress hmm. and and then she starts singing. and I remember that in my mind of a an 8 year old kid, I was like, oh, my God. The first thing that <laughs> came to my mind was like water coming down from a mountain. I remember, like, yesterday, Patrick, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe how beautiful this sound is. And, and especially what, what caught my attention was that, you know, sometimes when a lot of people are so, don't know about opera, they think of the word soprano, you know, they think this woman well, that is like 300 pounds with this voice that is sometimes, you know, very, very strong and, you know, and, you know sometimes <laughs> yeah. strong, right? Yeah, But I saw this beautiful woman with this amazing, beautiful voice, and I was like, this is an angel. And mm. then years passed, you know, I found out that I was able to sing. I started studying music, and all of a sudden, I ran into the Magic Flute video, in, in, in the Magic Flute VHS video, and mm. I started watching it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is the soprano I heard when I was a kid. So to say, I became the hugest fan of Kathleen Barrow. I've had the privilege of seeing her live five times. Oh. The last time was in L.A. at the concert that she gave on UCLA. The first time we were in Mexico City.
4: The third time I was in D C when I met you Patrick. you remember that evening. Aaron, Aaron, can I stop you right there? I of can course. I go ahead and speak on the D C concert and of I know
8: I might get myself in trouble. <laughs>
4: but Aaron and Aaron and I are the party crashers of Classic Music. Before there was Michelle Salahi, we were the party crasher because I'll go ahead and tell you the story. So Aaron and I were at her So Many Stars concert together and we saw it was uh, many people there, but a couple of people from the, the Yahoo group had met up and whatnot. But I saw Aaron, and we we kind of recognized each other immediately. So after the concert, we were trying to get to uh, get our autographs signed by Miss Battle or whatnot. But we were waiting at this security desk that is at the opposite end. Like when you come into the Kennedy Center, the security desk is right there at the con- mm-hmm. concert hall stage door. So we were directed to go there. That Miss Battle would uh, come out there to sign autographs. But as I would get older now, and I know now by being in media, most of the time the artist rarely comes out that door. They have a little trap door and they go somewhere else. So <laughs> Aaron and I went <laughs> down and this
8: mob
4: of people, and we're trying to get Miss Battles autograph or whatnot. But she never mm-hmm. changed, never came. But of course you know when, when you have an artist or their statue, usually they have to go to a reception and the mm-hmm. handlers are generally trying to get them to the next place. So we're at one end of the Kennedy Center and we look at the other end, Miss Ballard being on the elevator. And it was the <laughs> cutest thing. It was the cutest thing because I wish we saw her, and she was getting on the elevator, and they were obviously going to this reception up on, on the terrace. Now, this is where the Michelle Flahey part comes in, which is not a bad thing, but I think it's great. Because so, the bottom line is you have to get where you have to get.
7: Bottom line. So, right. I'll <laughs> okay, go ahead.
4: I'm, not, I'm not even mad at her. So what I'm saying is, so we, were, we saw Ms. Valerie getting on the elevator, and I remember distinctly she had on some heels, and her heel got caught in the elevator. Yes. And, it was, and it was so cute because she had it just like, like a diva. But anyway, she got on the elevator, and the elevator was full, and she went up. So I remember Aaron said, well, I'll, he of course, he came from Texas. He was like, well, I'm going home. I said, listen, we're not going home
2: then after I
4: said, we're not going home. I said, we are going right up to this reception. So we got on the next elevator and went up. And, and then we had our programs in our head. I said, let's put these programs down. So we put the programs and I said, if we have these programs, I said, we're going to look like we don't belong. I said, so we just walked right in. And the people, you know, I told as the people at the door, we walked right in. And Miss Battle saw us. And she could have said, they're not supposed to be here. But she looked at us nodded, acknowledged, acknowledged, and moved on, and we were there, and we got there. I think we ended up closing that reception down.
1: <laughs> 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 so we were
8: We didn't You know what, guys? I mean, this, this
4: show is just really getting loud. I see people are calling. I think I see somebody calling from Detroit. So I let's just go ahead and wow. see who okay. this is. Let's hold on and see who this is.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: All right. Thank you for
0: calling, honoring Kathleen D. Hi. Good evening, Patrick. How are you?
8: Hello, how are you who am
0: I speaking to? Uh, this is Chago Wilson. I'm in the oh, Yahoo group yeah. also. Oh, oh my goodness, all my friends are calling <laughs> right. in. Talk well, to I, me, I talk not to me, this tell this us program. how you ex-
4: Oh, thank you so much. Tell us how you were
0: introduced to Miss Battle. Well, you know what, back when they did the spirituals in concert on PBS, uh, I happened to come in from work and turn the TV on, and it was on, and I just, oh, I was just mesmerized. (laughs) And uh, Kathleen has uh, appeared in Detroit three times. I've seen her all three times. Yes. Uh, The second time was after she had just done the Honey and Rue CD, and she did the entire program. And after it was over, after it was over she signed uh, autographs and of course the line was a mile long <laughs> but the issue of Old Magazine had just come out where Oprah did the uh um uh what's the uh, Legends ball mhm and there was a picture in there of uh Leontine Price and Kathleen Battle together and wow uh, oh,
1: Kathleen Battle had not seen
0: that picture and I it had my magazine with me, and she signed the uh, picture and the CD for me. So, oh. But she she was just really mesmerized by that picture. She had not seen it. <laughs> so that was just an exciting moment for me. Wow. Wow. You know,
4: I have heard about, you know, I've always wanted to go to the concert uh, concert in Detroit because I also, I've always seen those, because if I'm not mistaken, the conductor Thomas Wilkins often conducts her in Detroit. Is that
0: well, you know what? He, he has he he has missed her because that program is usually in February for Black History Month,
1: mm. and
0: the times that she has appeared with uh, with other months, mm. but that is an annual event in Detroit. That uh, classical roots concert they call it.
4: Yes. Well, Chaco, thank you so much for calling. I've seen your name so many times, and on Facebook and on so uh, on our group, and now you hear him this call. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. We're
0: having a blast. Well, I I feel like I know you personally after all these years of communicating with you. (laughs) But I've got to make me a trip to D.C. and meet you and uh, share some Kathleen Battle moments with you.
4: Oh please, we oh, all please you must because I, I I don't know this for sure, but I, are you all? I don't know if you all. Some of you may have been to DC, but we have this wonderful theater in DC called the Howard Theater. and used you know, okay. it's, be. It's located on what used to be known as the Black Broadway, and this theater has been you basically dilapidated for years. It, it's been abandoned for years, but this theater. Has just been uh, under a multi million dollar renovation, and they're bringing all of these artists. But, Monica, the thing that I found in my research is that the same group that produces the concerts at the Blue Note are producing Uh-oh. all of the concerts here in Washington at this Howard Theater. So okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Give me I'll close after that. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Thank Patrick, you, so much, Patrick, so Patrick, do you have
6: your tickets for the Blue Note yet? You know,
4: I don't, but you know um, our other buddy, and I And I hope, I, I hope our friend David um, uh, calls in because uh, what well, Dave calls in because I know he was the one that took me on. but I do want to go. Is it June 19th? I, I think, think so. so. I think so. I June 19. So, listeners, if you're in the New York area, uh, definitely you know go online to the Blue Note uh, in New York and see if you get those tickets. I'm going to go ahead. And see, now, let's go ahead and hear a little bit of music. This is my uh, friend Omar, he had mentioned Kathleen's Belcanto album. Well, let's stop right there, first of all. First of all, the cover is enough, okay? Have you
6: <laughs> seen <laughs> Belcanto? It's, it's, the cover is, it, it just made me just say, let me just take every gown in my closet and start over. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. That, that, is that is a cape is-
5: she is wearing. That That oh. is a cape right there. <laughs>
1: Listen.
4: That case, but I want, to stop. I want to pause for a moment. I want to go ahead and play a selection from that particular CD, and I want to play Oluchi Questionama. And also, for the list of, uh, if you get a chance, you can Google that same, or rather search that same aria because she sings that at one of the Metropolitan Opera Gala, Galas in this magnificent red gown. So I'm going to play that aria now.
8: Thank you, Patrick.
1: I just realized I was (laughs) thinking... (laughs)
4: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think uh, Jackie got dropped, so I hope that maybe she'll call back or she's listening, but I see that she she got dropped. But, of course, that was from that very Bel Canto album uh, that uh, Omar mentioned. But you know what? I can't get off of that because when I first saw that dress, I remember I posted a picture on Facebook of that particular dress because that dress she has it on um, in the inside cover of the album, and it's, oh, my goodness, it's just so special. I mean, the comments just went down the page. <laughs> That's gorgeous.
1: That's
6: gorgeous. What is not to love about that? <laughs> I would just like to spend a day in her closet, because I wonder what she does with all of those gowns, because it seems
1: like she very rarely repeats them.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And she had this, uh, I, I want to say that his name was Ruben Tunian, and a lot of those gowns yes. were, were commissioned, you know, a special commission that he did. But it was just spectacular. But, you know, the thing that I just want to go back to, I'm just so glad that Kathleen Battle chose a career performance. It might be selfish because I know that, Um, you know, a lot of times, um, especially when she was training, you know, you were encouraged more to do things that were more stable, to be in music education as opposed to performance. But what had, how poor we would be if she had chose to be a music teacher? I'm not not a music teacher. I have done that. But I'm just so glad that she chose performance. And let's talk about The fact that when she – I just want to ask her one day, you know, what did she feel like when she made that debut singing the Brahms Requiem with Thomas Shippers? I mean, have you all heard the recordings? I mean, her recording of the – first of all, that was something when she was young. That's on YouTube, and that's magnificent. And then – but have you – do you all – either of you own the recording of her doing the the Brahms German Requiem with the Boston Symphony with James Levine conducting?
6: Yes. Yes. That's how I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest that I literally got pulled into uh, my teacher's voice student who says Anita. I know you love her, but you cannot learn everything the way she does. <laughs> she said because he wanted me to know that he says she's a fabulous singer and everything. He says but I want you to not try to spend so much time trying to sound just like her. You need to find your own voice. And I said, but she's so beautiful. And he says, okay, well, you've got your Kathleen Battle down. Now let me hear Anita. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I learned, I I used to practice my, for my Brahms record when I did my very first one, I practiced using her recording, and my goal was to try to have her breath support and I, I was very young when I did my first one, so I didn't quite make it, but it was a good, again, exor- um, vocal exercise and learning to try to breathe the way she breathes, so that I could get to hold out those phrases as long as she does. I don't know how she says it.
8: Mm.
6: it. Here's
4: the thing, the other thing that amazed me, contrary to popular opinion, Kathleen Battle is very, very busy. She hasn't stopped singing. I mean, She is doing so many things. I wish I would have really thought to reach out to another dear friend, Jenna Winston, who's the director of choirs at Wilberforce. I remember several years. And also, Makita Hampton, who is a devout um, Catholic battle fan. You can see her a lot of things. But I said that because I know that um, a couple years back, uh, they uh, bestowed upon her the Ray Charles, the first Ray Charles Award at Wilberforce University. I mean, so she is just staying busy, doing that. And I haven't had a chance to attend her concert outside of Shatmore, but the whole thing about her conceiving this project of the Underground Railroad and Monica, maybe you could maybe share something. Like, I want to make sure I'm not misstepping. It, but it, isn't it true that she said that her grandfather was a slave and that inspired her to do that whole spiritual pro- that whole spiritual project?
5: I believe that's what the one of the inspirations was. Mm. Uh, and uh she's very Clear about that direct connection and just the sincerity that she yes. delivers that program with. I've been very fortunate to have seen most of the underground railroad performances. I think everything except the one that happened in Arizona.
1: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: we travel for that. You know, we travel for that. <laughs> the the sincerity that those concerts are given with
4: and the the vocal. The vocal stamina. Wow. We have another caller on the line. This show is getting popular. I'm so glad we have a call from 513. Let's see who's on the line. Hello, caller. Caller from 513 to Patrick, McCoy, the african American voice of Classical music, honoring Kathleen Battle. Thank you for calling.
7: Well, thank you for um, honoring Kathleen Battle. My name is Fernando Salcedo, and I actually attended the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. Um mm which is where the great soprano actually studied. And um, just wanted to know if it would be possible for you to then play an excerpt from Handel Zemule, No, No, I'll Take No Less, which was a vocal firework when Ms. Battle performed it along with Marilyn Horn at Carnegie Hall.
4: You know what? Something told me to put uh simile into onto this recording. You know, that's one of the one things I didn't download. I want to apologize to you but this won't be the last show, but I do have another handle piece that kind of gives you some fireworks and that's her her wonderful aria Piangero from um Gideon Cesare. Um but I'm glad you mentioned simile because I I'm not too long ago interviewed Mark Stephen Doss, the baritone was on there and that's the Grammy Award. Winning uh, recording So tell me um, Could you talk to us A little bit more How were you first Exposed To Kathleen uh Beyond maybe That recording
7: I believe It was In What one was In 1998 um, When she Came here To Cincinnati um, And she had A performance A recital At Music Hall
1: And as mm-hmm. soon as I
7: heard the voice I had read about her I had Purchased many Of her recordings and as soon as I saw her come on stage, that was it for me. And I knew exactly, even though I am a lyric tenor, I knew that opera was what I wanted to do. Though mm. um, so today I'm not performing. I actually also went to business school. As of today, I still listen to Kathleen Battle every single day. Um, not a weekend goes by when I don't put on one of her recordings, even when I'm in the car. She's a superb artist, Um the technical difficulty of the aria she performs that she's known for is just stupendous. Um, I think that everyone that listens to her um, has an opportunity to truly, truly have a master class for every single aria that she actually performs. So bless her. I am a true fan and hope that she continues to perform as well as she has in previous years.
4: But, you know, the thing that fascinates me about something you said is that the fact that you said that you went to business school. I love that because that is so important. Um, it's important as a singer and as a musician to be well-rounded because, you know, anything can happen, you know, with your, um, your voice and so forth and so on. You have to have something to fall back on. And I said that to say that, you know, as you all already know, Kathleen Battle is brilliant. You know, she, she was one that excelled. She was an excellent student. She excelled in mathematics. And, and all those things. And it is just so important to be to be well around and to, to have that that uh academic uh acumen. So thank you so much for Shanna. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Let's do everybody else, don't you guys? Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. Patrick, you
1: um you go. mentioned that
6: she has gone into doing um music education but I think this, I remember hearing that she also taught elementary math. Is that true, or did I mix that up? I, I'm did not sure, Monica. Maybe you
8: could, clarify. I think I, I
4: know that she she went to school and, and that was her focus.
2: That
4: was her so favorite.
2: Did she like, teach? She taught. she
8: taught. I thought that she was, she was an <laughs> elementary music teacher, so mm-hmm. she would have run,
5: was it middle school in mm-hmm. music, and that would have been in Cincinnati. That, uh, okay. I know Mav, that I know of, you know. Well, math obviously drew music. <laughs>
1: right, right,
6: right. I don't know where, I thought I heard that she was doing it because I remember hearing something about her. She was teaching when she met James Levine for the Ravinia Festivals, right? Right, yes. Right, okay, so it must have been music that she was teaching. I, for some reason, I thought she was teaching elementary math, and I remember thinking I wanted to be just, like I guess, counting down every way, and I said, well, that's not going to happen. But you know what, she
4: could teach math because, I mean, that is something that she excelled in like so many of us. It's so funny because uh, even Barbara Hendricks is somebody, another wonderful soprano, who excelled in science and math. So it's so phenomenal. I mean, it's just amazing to me the stock that these singers are built of. You know, a lot of times uh, today you have people, who they're not adverse, so they think that, oh, I'm going to be a singer, I'm going to be a singer, sing, 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 But they don't have that acumen for business or the acumen for science or math. And it, it's just so important because you can sing all day, but if you can't balance your checkbook, boo, it's just it's just not good. Hey, we got to balance our checkbook because you get those checks, you got to add all that money up. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> you have to be this able to add. You have to do that. Exactly. When you get those gigs and you can't add this gig with that gig, that's a problem. So, you know, yes, Kathleen Mow is a wonderful uh, musician as well as mathematician. Listen, I want to go ahead and, and bless I had mentioned Piongero earlier. I want to go ahead. It's so funny. I started to uh, upload something from, from Semele, and I wish that I, I would have. I have to do another show devoted just to that. But here now is uh, Piongero from Gideon Cesare. By George Frederick Handowt, Captain Battle Every time she did a trill, I just wanted to jump up and shout amen.
5: The count. <laughs> oh my goodness! You
4: know we have been talking because actually the show was going to be for an hour, and I actually added more time to the show, so we actually have been on here almost uh, more than ninety minutes. Actually.
6: Wow. <laughs> well, well, you can stay on forever talking about it. It's not like it's an in, it's an endless topic, isn't it? <laughs>
5: oh,
4: it it's an endless topic. Ninety you know minutes
5: is. is just not enough.
4: <laughs> and you know, and while we're trying to talk, let me see, because I want to try to bring up. Uh, wait a minute, here's Makita. Oh, she's calling in. Makita Hampton's about to call in and join us. And I'm wow. a. She just well, sent me a message well, and I'm let her know.
1: I'm Monica. so glad. It, 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 topic, isn't it?
4: it is. I'm glad she's
1: so. calling
4: in. Okay. We have. Oh, oh my goodness, another good buddy of ours, um, Monica Redare. He's about to call in. Oh oh, Oh, goodness. Everybody is getting popular. Well, I wanted to share with you all another story, a funny little antidote, Kathleen Battle antidote. So I was singing in a when I was living at home in Peasberg, Virginia, I sang in a community choir and it was the Petersburg Festival choir. I don't mind dropping the name, it was a wonderful group. However, um at this time I was singing in a group. We did the uh I wanna say it was the Rheinberger and C C something like that. And I was the turned out a shame on me because a friend of mine told me that Kathleen Battle was in town at the at the Carpenter Center in Richmond, and, and actually it was a, the gala of the Carpenter Center, and Itzhak Perlin was supposed to do this gala concert, but he backed out. And I love Itzhak Perlman, but the replacement was Kathleen Battle, and, wow. she was, and she had never sung in Richmond before. So when my friend told me that I was in the middle of the concert. He told me she was going to be there. I sang my solos. And Lord, forgive me. I sang my solos and left. Okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> that, conductor,
8: <laughs> that conductor was mad uh, with me. I said, oh,
4: well. But I remember that Kathy Dow did that concert in, at the conference center, and she sang... Um, the handle, Let the Bright Seraphim, and she sang um, the Bach, the Disky by Mir, and she was accompanied by um, Dennis Helmrich, but also she did the She with Shepherd on the Rock, and Todd Palmer, who was a phenomenal clarinet, he played her, and then I ended up meeting him, and coming to find out, he went to Shenandoah, which is where I went to school, and it was just a phenomenal day, but it was so amazing. And I know that conductor probably didn't want to speak to me after that, because he'd probably say, oh, he's a typical tenor, sings his solos and leads. But you know when Kathleen Ballard comes to town, you drop everything, okay? And that's yes, what you I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Makita says she got to do what she got to do. <laughs> let's see. Oh, wait a minute. She just said this, the call. Wait, wait, we got to bring Makita on this call.
5: Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, I
4: know she has a lot. Um, let me see. I'm going to ask her today, but we need to have her on here.
1: got to do what you got
4: to do. <laughs> all the fans are calling. I'm so glad. I'm just, i that all the Kathy Battle fans are, are calling in. You know, this is something that is yep. definitely uh, overdoing that in the beginning. I just, I didn't know how to do this, or but something just came over me. And um, I just said, "Oh my goodness! Oh, we're getting wonderful wishes. Even Wayne Brown for the National Endowment of the Arts, um, director of opera, he he sent his took that wish. for thank thank you for the privilege to one of America's extraordinary artists of our time. of our time That's which is Wayne. And in fact, uh, Wayne Brown was at that very uh, recital that we that we were at. Um, did I mention that she got her her heel caught in there? <laughs> that was a phenomenal time. I'm so I'm so honored that she um
8: has flew that
4: like like Monica said, it were uh, like what we said. Just words fail. I'm just in awe. Even man, even I keep talking about. It, I just get so full because this battle has brought so much joy and so much and so, for me accessibility craft because. Think about it, she was on the Music Awards with Alicia Keys and Queen Latifah. Wasn't Which that other, phenomenal? Okay what, okay, what other opera singer have you seen on a show like that? figure Super Superwoman.
5: And she did it in Italian, and that's what I'm talking about. That is what <laughs> I'm talking about. It was bringing opera to the masses, and she was fantastic doing it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs>
6: That is how I did it. Did it and, and did it and did it with such class that the people who weren't even opera singers um, didn't go run out and go get something to eat during that section of the show. You know You know I mean? You know how sometimes sometimes they'll have the classical figure on, and that's when there's people like, oh, okay, let me go to bathroom. And they go like go change my clothes right now, and then they come back. Uh oh, Tapping battles on everyone's day foot. Cool. <laughs> so you don't want to miss it.
4: That's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I mean well, I mean we just could I, I really could go on and on all day about Miss Dallas. I just say she's so phenomenal. She's absolutely like she just done so much uh and added so much accessibility as I mentioned and and just you know, makes Opera an opera and, and music period, public. I like the fact that she's singing. What about that Janet Jackson album, Monica? Do you have the Janet Jackson album? That's a oh, one. you know
5: I got it. Yes.
4: <laughs> 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 yes.
5: Yeah, this time, what yes, just that. How cool was it that she said, "Let's go ahead and do that"? And how great was it to introduce her? voice and the medium to an entire segment of people who may not have even had that exposure and I have friends to this day who discovered that going you know crazy diving and looking at that Janet album what is that 93 so and they pulled that up and if they do not know who Kathleen Battle is you better trust that they know after that and they are on a iPod Apple CD hunt (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> what a worthy cause!
4: It is. Um, oh my goodness! I mean, when she when somebody told me about the album, I was like, "Kathy Boul and Janet Jackson." But then when I heard her go, "Oh," oh, oh, oh I said like I messed myself. But how about when she did that in her voice? It was terrific. That's
6: the best thing I can I can say about it. Yes. Do you just have this CD from when she? um the the CD that's called the classic album battle. It has a little
5: yes. bit of everything on it. But then it with has that, the, Vangelis, the Vangelis piece that she did. Yeah, Ooh. well, you know, we
1: had to have that CD by itself and the
5: DVD <laughs> and the classic disc with that cover that just gives me life because
4: we are doing gold. We are doing no. gold on that cover. But, yes, <laughs> yeah. you guys, I'm going to call Makita... And see, could I bring her on the line? Because I see that she has uh, given me her information. Let's see, if I bring her on? Just one second. Okay, yeah. Please
5: enjoy this Verizon ring back on while your party is
8: reached. Nothing's impossible. Oh, wow. We're getting another concert. There we go. That's music
5: right there.
1: (laughs) There you go.
4: Oh, wow. We just got voices. I'm going to try again. Let's
8: see. We
6: just got another ten Uh huh. Hello. Hello. Hey, Patrick. Look
8: you're on. Hi. We were admiring your ringtone.
4: Listen, tell us about your experience uh, being introduced to Miss Battle.
10: Wow, uh, man. I think it was '97. I'm a little young. I'm 20. Well, how old am I? 27. Yeah. So I guess it was about. true. Um, <laughs> grab it but Yeah, I think I was in 7th grade. It was in 97 um and my I was visiting my sister who at that time was a um a junior or senior at a Pine Forge Academy and we were at my aunt's house and she had the CD of um of the Spirituals in Concert with uh, Kathleen Battle and Jesse Norman and I was She had it uh, in the player, and, you know, I was about to play some some other music, but I was just like, oh, what is this? And so I pushed the play button, and I sat there for the whole, like, 50-plus minutes just listening to the album. And i I never heard a classically trained, um, you know, soprano of that caliber at that time, you know, of course, being in church and – you know, various you know, not so high-caliber events, but nothing grabbed my attention like she did, and then, you know, with my sister being in the concert choir, um, you know, I was becoming familiar and acclimated to the classical sound, and I was like, man, this is what I want to sound like. You know, I could sing a little bit at that time. I never trained or anything, but I was like, man, I want to I wanna sing high notes like that, and and so she was the first one, and um, at that time, I it, it just started kind of gathering all kinds of classical music, whether it was instrumental or um, vocal. And then when I got to um, when I got to uh, Oakwood College, well, Oakwood which is College then, uh, I met you, Patrick, on that Yahoo site. <laughs> I have no idea how I came across it. I think I was in my Catholic battle, like, uh, I was on Overdrive. And so
6: mm.
10: I guess was even before Google, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know how I came across the group. And met you, Patrick and all of the other um, other friends who were in the group. And um, I can't remember his name. It might be James. But he sent, like,
1: lo- like did, a whole city
4: full. Huh? I think James Gibbs because he had a lot of CDs that they Well, recorded that he sent out, or
10: yeah, Gibbs, yes, yeah. So he, you know, I think he said, you know, if you can just like send me the the money for the roll for the CD, I'll send you everything that I have. I still have all of those, um, all of those albums. I mean, like the non-commercial. I mean, everything. I don't want to go into detail, but I have all. <laughs> I do want, want to get arrested. So, um, but yes, and I just went into overkill and, you know, of course we always hear about the stories and, you know, honestly, I've met Miss Battle twice. The first time, okay, the first time I saw her live, I was a freshman at Oakwood. I was late for the concert and I was in the nosebleed section. It was in Atlanta. And I mm. promised myself, I said the next time I get an opportunity to, and I wrote it in my journal, to, to see her live, um, I'm going to pay for this ticket to sit up front. And so the second time I saw her was at the Kennedy Center in 2007, same mm-hmm. place that we were at. And um, I was still late because I got lost, but I was at least up front. <laughs> and,
5: uh, <laughs> at least you all got in. Um <laughs>
6: And also,
4: I also
6: You did. got
10: the picture of Ms. Battle. Uh, I did, and yeah, we waited for her. We waited for her to come out, and she, we, uh, we joked about our height and that we were both, you know, short. And um, you know, she, she took pictures with us, and then, you know, I thought it was very nice of her to, um, to do that. And you know, I've never, and I've encountered her twice. And I've never felt a tinge of you know, hostility is just always very gracious and um you know, and that's my experience. I can't speak for anybody else. Um, but I I always appreciated her artistry. Every it's
6: just sweet
10: and uh you know, I I I love her. You know, I, I, I think her her um career is probably the the bottle that you know, propelled me into into studying to be a classical vocalist. Um, of course, as I grew in the art, others have been an inspiration, but she was the very first one.
8: Mm. Makita,
4: do you see yourself, I, I asked this or uh, inferred this question earlier, what are some of the things that you see yourself emulating that you've seen Ms. Battle do as far as repertoire or dress or mannerisms? Is there anything that you picked up in your performance that you say, oh, my goodness, I've been watching Ms. Battle? <laughs> you already know my answer to this. Um,
10: <laughs> y- yes, you know, I I, I really love how grand she is. She's mm. very grand and elegant on the stage. And you know that um, Oluche clip. That's on YouTube where she's in that mm-hmm. glorious red gown, and I think it's at the Met Gala. She's singing "Um Oluche di Costanima," and I just love the poise that she can create on stage, and you know she doesn't she doesn't have to do a whole lot. She just something about the way she can command the attention in in the stillness that she can that she often often creates and. Um, I've tried to not necessarily, not necessarily Im- imitate that, but emulate the um, the way she's able to get that type of response from an audience, and just to be comfortable in you know the presentation of it all. Um,
6: so,
1: Phenomenal. Yeah, I,
10: I I love the poise and 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 the, the gowns and, and it all. I'm all I'm all for class and and and. Grandeur
4: to a two. Today, literally, you all. We have another guest. I see the Radari has arrived. I'm going to bring him on the line.
1: Oh, Hi, no. hello,
4: the African American voice of class. The Radari, hello. Hi guys, how are you?
6: Hello, hello.
1: welcome Thank to the broadcast. You. We were
4: just talking to Makita and Anita, and also Hi, to Anita. Monica for you.
1: Hello,
4: hello. <laughs> hello we, everyone, Hi, how are you? Right we're we're all on the air So, a We were just talking to Mikita Hampton. She was sharing with us her first introduction of, well, actually her her introduction, the subsequent concert experience with Miss Battle. Talk to us, uh or talk to the listeners rather, how were you introduced to the artistry of Miss Kathleen Battle?
2: Uh, um, where do I begin? Um, so so I grew up in Jamaica, um, for you know, for you guys that know me very well. And Miss um, Battle came to Jamaica in, I think it might have been 1997, um, to <laughs> a, a concert. Um, and I remember going there as a child. I mean, my friends were all excited to go. At the time, I really didn't know why I was going. But, um, you know, I, I said, okay, let me go along. I didn't know really who Miss Battle was. I was singing with a children's choir and um i went and i just remember this um larger than life person just gliding across the stage it was an outdoor <laughs> it was an outdoor event i remember and the moon was just about to set and it was just the perfect um backdrop um and you know she she just she just started to sing I was, so first of all, she had introduced, she had the children's choir come up and sing and we all, um, well, I wasn't a part of the, uh, of the choir, of that choir, because that was a bigger choir than just, you know, simply. me. <laughs> um, but I remember, I remember she started to sing Little David Play on Your Harp," and I don't remember who the the artist was, but I can, I can tell you. That must have been the most pure um surreal experience I've had um just the way she interacted and how she conveyed the message to the audience um It was the best, and so I left with that memory and i said i have to I have to find out more about this lady, and that's where my real music experience began and it really is because of Mc battle um you know. I from then, I started to accumulate some um, uh, records. <laughs> you know, I started to buy her CDs and um, I started to listen to her. I, I think one of the biggest ones, I think Makeda had mentioned earlier, um, about the spirituals in concert, um, that was one of the first. Uh, at the time, I think it was VHS uh, that I purchased. <laughs> Yes, yeah. The cassette, yes. And you know, so I think at one point mine I played it so often mine got twisted up in the in the in the player. <laughs> I <laughs> I had to start I had to unravel it manually, um, you know, for to, to, to watch the thing. But since then I've just been a lover of her music, of the artistry that she you know, that that she, she brings across. Um, I've met her uh, must have been three times already. I think I drove down. Yes, the first time I met her live in person was when I drove down to um, uh, I think it was Washington D.C. Patrick.
8: Yes, yes. Yes, where we
2: all met up. Yes, we all met there. I drove down and um, I I think I I had left my uh, classes and decided I was gonna just drive straight from school to listen to her because she was going to be in concert. It was the closest I could be. Of course, just like Makeda, it would be in the nosebleed section being that I couldn't afford um, the front row tickets, um, but it was worth every minute. It was worth every second. Um, and and just, I mean, you know, I have seen no other musician um, with the class, with the quality. She's she, I mean, in 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 its in its entirety, she um, is the true meaning of grandiloquence. Mm. You know, she's a larger than life person in my eyes, and it's not just about the um, the, the the music itself. It's about right. the message in the music. Ooh. You know, I, it's deeper than than just the music, and you could. Feel, it, there were times, I, I mean, at the time, I knew nothing about Italian opera, but I, I understand w- what she sung, you know, when she did. Uh, and just by the sheer emotion that she exuded, I, 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 it really was a great experience. And, and to this day, I think I have maybe eight of her uh, her 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 CDs on my uh, iPod that I listen to every morning. And that's the only way I can start my day, of course, with Miss Battle.
4: Well, Dari, thank you so much. Can you all believe that we've been on this on this broadcast just about two hours, and it the time has flown because, as Anita said, we can talk endlessly about the artistry of Kathleen yeah. I want to thank all of you, all of you for being here, especially my special guest Monica Perdue from Chicago, who wrote a wonderful review of Ms. Battle's uh, recent concert at the Blue Note. And then we also have Anita Johnson, who's on the line, who has sung in several uh, prestigious houses, including Metropolitan Opera, who shared her story. We had so many fans to call it. I'm just, you all just don't know how you all have made my heart leap, my guests online, and also the people who are listening. This isn't a show that I have wanted to do. For a long time And I was just sitting here in Washington In my apartment And I was thinking, thinking, thinking Of course you all know my dream would be one day Of course to interview Miss Battle But until that time comes I say, you know, we can still pay tribute Because you it, you always give people their flowers While they're living There's no need to, you know Give all this, this praise after I want to give it right now Miss Battle is alive and well, singing well And we want to celebrate her right
7: now, so yes. I want to say from the bottom
4: yes. of my heart, thank
8: all of you.
6: You should do this once a month, Patrick. <laughs>
8: once a month. i
6: that, you know what? I'm I'm game. game. I'm game. Oh, Seriously, God. once I a month you, you take a different, because she's done so much that you yes. can say, once a month we're going to just do German songs. One month we're going to do French songs. One month we're going to do I Spanish songs. One month we're going to do Russian songs. One month we're going to do English songs, and you're still not even done.
8: It's <laughs> you're
1: still right. not it's even done. It's, it's, it's only
6: right. So
1: right. You could,
6: you could do right. once. A, you could do once a month, every month, and still never finish. Oh, and isn't that oh, wonderful? That's
4: unbelievable. I'm, I'm just I'm just elated. You all just don't know how you all have made my and I say it for the Baba, you all have really for me, may a dream come true, because to me, it's beyond the music, like Radari said, it's beyond the music, it's the fact that Miss Battle comes across as a real person, of course, she is a real person, but, you know, sometimes opera and craft music can come across as so Enigmatic. elitist, and, mm-hmm. yeah. right, and, and, you know, but she comes across very, you know, sincere, yeah, yeah. she's a real person, you know, she's, she's down to earth, and I just hope that, if anything is gleaned from this broadcast, I want people to focus on that she deserves every accolade, every single accolade that we have given on this broadcast. they Miss Bell deserves. That's what we should always focus
9: on.
8: We should yes. always focus
4: on that. I'm just so, I, I'm just so full. I need to stop talking, but we're about to run out of time. But I do <laughs> want to thank everyone for being. As you all can see, we just got the countdown. So we. I yes. just want to say thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you all very much for being on this show again. This has been Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice and classical music, uh, bringing to you honoring a diva, Kathleen Battle. She is. I want to thank my guest, Monica Perdue. I want to thank Anita Johnson. I want to certainly thank my guests who have called in, um, Omar Sankofa. Rajari Simpson, Aaron Alcorn, and I want to thank you all so much. And just as we go, I want to say make sure you follow this show on Facebook and also follow the show on Twitter. And again, I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music. And I want to close with a snippet of He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. I wish you all a great evening. Okay,
1: thanks, Patrick.